Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. The Saturday Night Kid back in action on a Monday. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't throw Vivek Ramaswamy under the bus. Yo, Donald Trump has had his fill of the fast-talking sensation you know as Vivek. Get him out of here. Get him out. Iowa caucus is getting underway just a few hours from now, and we are going right inside the cold. Buckle up, kids. Put on a parka, maybe a couple of hand warmers and feet warmers, like you're hanging out at the Bill Steelers game this afternoon up in Orchard Park. It is going to be a banger. 888-788-9910 on Iowa caucus Monday. It's the Republicans they'll be voting on. But the bottom line is every party welcome on this show. You all know the deal. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask on Fox Across America is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom. There it is. Happy Monday. And uh, if you are a regular listener to the show, I hope you were as thrilled as I was. That Fox, uh, on the debut of my new TV show, Fox News Saturday Night, let me get out on the air on live TV and actually say our motto out loud. Uh, Fox News Saturday Night is an extension of this radio show, which airs Monday through Friday. We are a cable news keg party. We are taking the issue seriously. We are not taking ourselves seriously at all. Things get very loose. But I have incorporated our philosophy on the radio side to the TV side. So you will hear me saying quite frequently when I close the TV show, the very words that bind us here on Fox Across America. I will say them one more time. You can sing along at home. If you want to help America and the divisive times we're living in, then you know for a fact we don't need more Republicans and we don't need more Democrats. We need less. So that is my goal as we get underway today and every day. It's to create less. That's it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, if you were digging Fox News Saturday night, if you tuned in, if you took the time uh, to watch the show and feedback as literally tens of thousands of you have messaged me. Uh, this is, I guess, aimed at you is a nice round of applause. You guys were fantastic. You were funny in the comments as always. And I love that. And it's the highest honor to take the show over to the TV and to be representing our, our, our vibe, our thing, our movement uh, on TV. Because as you saw Saturday night, uh, the TV show will function like the radio show. I am not the star. We are America, the good people. Uh, if you did watch the show and, and you didn't like it, I... Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. 
I kid. Uh, all of your feedback is always welcome. If you didn't like the show, you can hit me up on Twitter at Greg Gutfeld. Okay, let's do a show. It is Monday. I am fired up. Vivek, I got to tell you, man. Oh, it's so funny to me. So the Vivek Ramaswamy story is this. Okay, he could easily be the president uh, if he was running for president of Twitter. Wrong. But he actually could be the president of Twitter. Trump isn't really there as much. He's over on Truth Social, his own app, doing just fine. He's got a huge lead in the polls. But Vivek has probably had the strongest digital campaign. You know, he's been out there doing influencer things. He's on TikTok, playing tennis with his shirt off. You know, he's hanging out with pop culture figures. He's showing you all these great videos where he takes a, you know, a heckler and turns them inside out in terms of how they're approaching an issue. He is very talented. Okay, he has a problem in the sense that it's hard to call people like Nikki Haley transactional if you yourself voted for Obama. I mean, this whole Republican thing looks a little opportunistic. No. But again, we don't really hold the transactional nature of politics against anybody, because if we did, none of you could be supporting Donald Trump. Tell him like it is. Donald Trump was a Democrat 10 years ago. So you can't turn around, you know, and be like, oh, these people just changed their stripes when it's good for them, because that's exactly what Trump did. This guy will say anything. Okay, so moving past that, because we need to. Okay, the Iowa caucuses tonight. I've never been more excited to cover a political event than now because I genuinely don't know what's real. Is Trump the most, um, you know, popular Republican, the most influential Republican with voters absolutely going away? The bar tonight is whether or not he gets 50 percent of the vote. That is the expectation. Now, there's always the chance that polling is wrong. And I only say that because I've never seen polling be right when it comes to Donald Trump. We've seen polls tell us pre-election night he was going to lose Wisconsin by 21 points. And uh, he wound up losing, you know, by less than a point. You know, you think of something like Georgia. We've saw polls where he was going to lose Georgia by nine. He wound up losing Georgia by a broken water main break. (laughs) Some suspension of the count. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And we'll get into that Georgia court case in a little bit. But the truth is, I don't know. Um, My expectation is Trump wins. I think from there, it's anybody's guess in terms of DeSantis, in terms of Nikki Haley, in terms of Vivek. Uh, Vivek certainly polling the least, okay, in terms of support. He is polling a steady fourth. Okay, DeSantis, man, oh boy, oh man, seems to be polling third now. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Okay, but DeSantis was out making his case yesterday and again this morning. And here he is talking about Trump's downside. Let's get into that clip three. Well, he's focused a lot on things that concern him. Obviously, the distractions uh, of everything that's going along with all these legal issues has been a huge thing for him. Uh, You're going to have criminal trials. Uh, You're going to have a lot of focus on things like January 6th by the media. And I think that ends up focusing the election on things that are going to be advantageous for Democrats, because you're not going to be talking about the border. You're not going to be talking about uh, the economy. You're going to be talking about all these things to make the election a referendum on Donald Trump. I mean, listen, okay, DeSantis is not wrong. Okay, Trump being at the top of the ticket makes the 2024 election about 2020. It's a grievance election. It's a revenge election. Okay, it's also if, in fact, Trump wins, a return to policies that are much better for our country. So you're not guilty of anything. If you're voting for Trump out of, you know, grievance or vengeance, okay, Trump didn't put us at the precipice of World War III in conflicts that we happen to be subsidizing both sides of. 
Joe Biden did that. Okay, Trump didn't open up the border. Joe Biden did that. So the quality of life was exponentially better under Donald Trump. So nobody is wrong for supporting him or wanting him to win. If you're voting out of you know blind hatred for the results of the 2020 election, you're still not voting against your own interest because Trump would be exponentially better for the country than Biden would. OK, that being said, the fact that DeSantis has continued to make reasonable points like that and the fact that he has been a phenomenal governor in Florida. Ron DeSantis could be my governor any day of the week. In fact, if he were president, I'd be thrilled. I'd go to bed if Ron DeSantis was the president. I wouldn't worry about anything. The guy is competent. OK, and he can do the job. The problem he has in this day and age is we're not running for president. We're running for class president. You've got to be super-duper charismatic. You've got to win the social media game. And you've got to win over a lot of angry people on Twitter. Okay, the Republican Party caters to the whims of Twitter right now because Elon Musk bought it and gave people back their right to free speech, which is a heroic deed. The problem is they are knowingly amplifying a lot of conservative voices with the most extremist takes. They don't necessarily resonate in the general election. But because they do influence our politics— You know, Twitter is something that would be the first thing in the world to put Vivek into the White House. Unfortunately, Vivek, when it comes to the actual polls and when it comes to the actual voters, doesn't seem to have a path. Okay, which is why Trump annihilated him on Truth Social over the weekend. So this is what Trump wrote in all caps on Truth Social. A vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. I like Vivek, but he played it too cute with us uh, caucus tonight. Vote for Donald Trump. Build up the numbers, Trump said. In November, we must take our very troubled nation, a nation in decline, back from crooked Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats and thugs who are destroying it. MAGA. So that is Trump saying. Okay. And this is a day after Trump said on Truth Social, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, the best president in generations, etc. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly. But a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. The Biden indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They are already beginning to fall. MAGA. That is Trump. So Trump essentially says he's done with Vivek Ramaswamy and all the cute shadow campaigns Vivek's been running where he seemingly refuses to go after Trump, goes after everybody else. And ultimately hopes to, I don't know, either be Trump's VP or somehow use his defense of Trump as a way to overcome Trump in the polls is what I think Vivek was going for. And he'd been doing that without taking on any fire from Trump. Well, as of this morning, Vivek and Trump are in a very different world. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Here is Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, a show you will see me on Wednesday this week. Uh, instead of my usual Tuesday hit, we'll explain why on the air. Uh, but here is Ducey asking Vivek how he's feeling after Trump took a shot at him. Clip six. Why do you think uh, former President Trump threw you under the bus over the weekend? Well, I, I didn't get thrown anywhere, but I think there might have been an attempt to do that. I'd say that it's partly because of what it was, Elon, you were under the bus. Well, look, I'd say what and, Elon and Musk and others say. Well, the bus had it. snow tires on it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this is, is you know, I'll, I'll, I took it in a, in a lighthearted way. Oh, I took it in a lighthearted way. That's what he says. So Vivek wants to believe or at least wants you to believe <laughs> that Trump was just joking. Come on. Don't bullshit me. Here's the scam of this primary season. Okay, and I've said this before. 
Every one of these candidates running for office hopes Trump goes to jail. They want him in jail, jail, physically in jail, so it bars him from running. And they're saying all the bad things, like, you shouldn't take guy off the ballot, and this is bad for our democracy. Okay, but if they really thought this was the fight of our lifetimes, okay, they wouldn't be running against Trump right now. They would be consolidating their support behind him and doing everything they can Okay, to make sure he is free and clear and they haven't actually usurped your right to vote for Trump. Okay, they're not doing that. Vivek thought he could be the the guy, okay, who threaded the needle. I'll support Trump and beat him at the same time. It's a very delicate balance, but you can pull it off when you're running for president as a 13 year old. Okay, because if he loses, he's got another 60 years. this, This guy can get out there and run for president again. Okay, and that's been Vivek's strategy is he's trying to build up currency within the party. And I think a lot of people like a lot of the things he has to say. Okay, you wouldn't like him a year ago because he was saying a lot of this stuff on behalf of the Democrats. But that's the same transactional attack, you know, that's being waged against somebody like Nikki Haley. Okay, it's the same idiotic attack that they're waging against people who support Ron DeSantis. Chip Roy is on the show today. Okay, he'll be on in the the, uh, last hour of the show today. Chip Roy. Superstar congressman from Texas. Nobody has fought harder to hold the congressional feet to the fire in the House of Representatives than Chip Roy, who's infuriated that we took back control of the House and haven't made significant progress on how we spend money, haven't made significant progress on how we actually protect the border. You know, the things that we're supposed to prioritize as conservatives. Chip Roy is fighting for them day in and day out. And on Twitter, he's being called a rhino. Okay, that's what they're saying. This is politics as usual. And it is because it's not it's not tethered to anything of fact. But that's where we find ourselves as the voting gets underway in Iowa tonight. Everybody's trying to create a version of America that reflects most favorably on them. Okay, Vivek wants you to believe he's the good guy in this version of America. He's here to protect Trump, and the only way he can do it is by beating Trump. In the- <laughs> I can't even say it, but that's the strategy. Now you got to vote for Vivek because I'm here to protect Trump, okay? I want to protect Trump, and the only way to protect is by beating them. It's like when the Democrats say democracy's on the ballot. That's why we got to take our opponent off the ballot. It's like, come on, man. But on Twitter, it's so intellectually lazy. And in a lot of ways, the conservative party and the conservative influencers have become the liberals they loathe. Okay, there's no room for nuance in any of these conversations now. And they are absolutely annihilating people whose principles they agree with because of the transactional nature of our politics. But what I find so funny about all of this is tonight's going to come and go and we're going to have a result in Iowa. There's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people that will be showcasing their shamelessness in the morning. People who were never Nikki might suddenly jump on if she has a better showing than we thought. People that were never Trump might just give up on Nikki DeSantis and Vivek if he really gets 50 percent of the vote. And people who are, you know, pro DeSantis, I think, will start reaching out to the producers of Dancing with the Stars and seeing if they can get him booked on the upcoming season. Because if we're looking at the polls going into tonight as accurate, uh, it's over for most of these people. Heaven forbid there's some type of an upset that turns the thing on its ears. That'll be even better. okay? because the best thing this country could have right now is we head into the Iowa caucuses tonight, which will, of course, take us into New Hampshire. Okay, is an honest conversation about who's best for the country, not about our feelings, 
Okay, not about past elections, not about Twitter beefs, not about absurdist tags, about people being globalists or rhinos or neocons or all the other lazy terms you've learned on Twitter this summer, but a conversation about who can turn the country around. Because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but this country is a frickin' mess. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. I noticed that they, um, that, that he threw, um, um, the, oh, the back, back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he threw him under the bus. Um, you know, it's like, I've never seen a candidate run for an office and basically campaign for another candidate in the same race before, and that's what's happened, but the minute he wasn't useful, you know, they, 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 they dropped the hammer on it, so that's just kind of the way, way they are. That's a true statement from Ron DeSantis. Here on Fox Across America, the Iowa caucuses get underway tonight. Donald Trump, the leader in the Republican Party, going away. We will, of course, watch this and watch the live coverage on the Fox News Channel. I will be covering it on Fox Nation. I'll be joining Pete Hegseth and a host of far more handsome uh, people than I uh, for some in-depth analysis. And uh, that'll happen in the 9 p.m. hour. I'll be on Fox Nation from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. tonight. Uh, and if you are a consumer of Fox Nation, which you should be because that's where my stand-up special happens to be, uh, definitely turn it on. Watch the kids. You'll have the grown-ups on the channel, the Perinos, who is, by the way, fantastic on Fox News Saturday night. I posted the clip on Twitter, at Jimmy Fela. If you haven't seen it, Dana Perino was the maiden voyage uh, for a segment we do on the show called Off the Meter, where we ask people who cover politics and serious things about anything but that. Uh, this week's guest is Battling Bill Hemmer. He will be in the segment as well. But the point is, yeah, she was fantastic, and she'll be all over your TV tonight. She is out in Iowa freezing her tuchus off, uh, covering the caucuses, because we've now reached that moment that I love so much about sports. Remember the old Chris Berman line where he'd say, you know, so-and-so is favored by 19 and a half points over the – but that's why they play the game. That's what tonight is. Tonight is a that's why they play the game moment where the potential is there. 
for some type of a development that shifts the entire dynamic of this race. Now, the betting odds say that's not going to happen. They say Trump's going to win easily. But it is negative 45 <laughs> with wind chill factor, which might affect the turnout. Because i got to be honest, it would affect my turnout. Although the one thing I can tell you about the Trump voters is these folks voted in a pandemic, so they don't care. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Jason Chaffetz is coming up to give us a little bit of a preview into the Iowa caucuses and to look even beyond to the general, where Chaffetz believes that Biden won't be on the ticket come November. I agree with that. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how we arrive uh, at that junction, Uh, but right now, Arriving somewhere at a junction, somewhere in America. He's on the road. I do believe he watched the premiere episode of my TV show. Michael checks in from Marshall, Illinois. Michael. Good afternoon, my man. So, look, Saturday night, Mm. I was trying to figure out what's the best way to prepare for this comedic onslaught coming at 10 p.m. So I decided to rewatch they're just jokes Ooh. on Fox Nation, buddy. And, and, and so that it's perfect. It got me in the right frame of mind. I was able to savor it for a second time to appreciate the nuance and laugh a whole bunch. Wow. So then at 10 o'clock, I get to see the cutie pie, Emily Campagno, <laughs> Diamond Dave, and that pretty boy from Fox Business. I said, oh, my gosh, I know all these people. It was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Michael, that's amazing. Well, did you did you get what I'm going for? It's just the radio show on TV. It's our people, our vibe. It can't lose, man. Can't yes. lose. Yes, and driving the cab and ask a cabbie, it was all so clever, man. Oh, how you about can, it? Oh, you, you just killed it. Well, it was so good. I can't wait for next week. Are you telling you me? To, are you telling me to stick with these drugs? That's what you're saying. <laughs> stick with them. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, they're working, buddy. They're I, working. I got to get over to the bus terminal and find my guy before he skips town. Uh, one of the big suggestions that I got, Michael, on my social media, because people literally, if you comb through it, between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I've, Twitter, I've, I probably got 10,000 comments. And between things and messages directed at me and everything in between, something that came up a lot is people said I should take it even more into radio land and have some of my favorite callers on the show. Could we get you on the show if we needed you to come on? <laughs> oh, I, without a doubt. Oh, Holy Michael. cow, are you kidding me? This doesn't that end good. That would be an honor. Yeah, it would I, be. I mean, I would stop. I would stop drinking for a day. Just <laughs> well, then, no, no, you, you can't stop, then you wouldn't fit in on the show. You got to start. <laughs> We're going to work it out. That's right. The human, the human happy hour is on your show. So, right, I yep. got to be, got to fit in. You got to bring it. Well, you'll but know, it, you'll know I'm serious about booking you on my show when I ask you how I can get a trucker license. That's how you'll know. <laughs> Insurance. Well, man, let me just tell you, you can tell a lot of work went into it. The set was beautiful. Everything just flowed. It was fantastic. Man. Boom. If, you, if people didn't watch it, you need to go watch it. DVR it and what, you know, whatever. You got to see this man. He killed it. Very well said. You really should be my agent. Uh, I know I say this to people like I would let you be my agent because you know what? I would look sane when you were done talking and uh, 
and but we appreciate well, the passion. Have, you have compared me to Hunter Biden in the past, so you know you got that. I got that going for me. That's just that's, listen. Can I just say this about Hunter Biden so you know? I have this week on the TV show The Wolf of Wall Street coming on. The guy Jordan Belford, who Le, uh, who Leonardo DiCaprio played in the movie, the guy who was called The Wolf of Wall Street. If you go oh, see, wow. yeah, if you go see that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, you'll know who I'm talking about. For anyone listening, oh yeah, and uh, the yeah. one thing we say about Hunter Biden, me and Belford, is I do give Hunter an A for how he spent the money. You know what I'm saying? It was just fast women in Ferraris. Isn't that what you'd buy if you were bilking Ukraine out of a ten million? Shoot, yeah, man. Thank Unlimited you. budget. Like yeah. how many planes? How many drugs? Yeah. How many women? Yeah, Come we, on. I'm, I'm starting to lay off Hunter. The next time James Comer's on, I'm going to tell him to leave Hunter alone. This is funny. Uh, <laughs> Michael, I love you, man. We'll talk during the week, brother. Be well. Love you too, man. There he goes. My man, Michael. Celebrity caller now. Um, I, even my family knows who Michael is. And uh, my Ohio family uh, especially likes Michael because he went and got a QP hamburger in Lima. If you're anywhere out west, anywhere near Route 75, Lima, Ohio, QP hamburgers, this is by no means an endorsement or a paid endorsement. I'm not allowed to endorse food ever again. I'm a TV host now. They've got me walking around with the shock collar on and the guy who slaps the food out of my hands. Put that cookie down now. I'll tell you what, though. We can get back to what we're supposed to be doing on this show, which is covering the news of the day and the events that are shaping our course in this country. There is a prosecution of Donald Trump going on down in Georgia. That is a total scam. That's true. That is true. I'm not telling you Donald Trump should win the Man of the Year award, but I'm telling you that if you've been paying attention to the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, Fannie Willis, okay, then you have caught the revelations over the course of the past week. Okay, that she hired a special prosecutor to prosecute Donald Trump. Okay, so she is the DA. She hires a special prosecutor who's going to get a massive budget and make all kinds of money to go after Trump. And she just so happens to be sleeping with the guy. I love it when you talk dirty. A major monstrous conflict of interest. Correct the mundo. So here are the documents. Okay. Court documents filed earlier this month say Fulton County, Georgia DA Fannie Willis hired special prosecutor Nathan Wade, her alleged partner, to prosecute former president Donald Trump. That's not right. No, it's not, Kevin Meany. The document also alleges she benefited financially from the relationship in the form of lavish vacations the two went on using funds his firm received for working the case. So follow me. The prosecution of Donald Trump that the district attorney authorized is being brought by her sexual partner. Her sexual partner got a big budget to go after Trump, promptly took the money and spent it on lavish vacations for him and her. He should be behind bars. And at the very least, she should be out of a job. Okay, former president was indicted by Willis in August and pled not guilty to charges related to allegedly attempting to subvert the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia, including violating uh, Georgia's anti-racketeering law. Now, for the first time since the allegations were made, Willis spoke on the matter at Big Bethel AME Church in Atlanta on Sunday. And I want you to understand one thing. Okay, I can give you 30 documents on the prosecution I can give you 30 documents on what she's being accused of. 
But in terms of you forming your opinion on this story, here's everything you need to know. Fannie Willis is accused of giving her lover a lot of money to go after Trump. The lover accused of taking the money and spending it on the two of them in addition to prosecuting Trump. Yes, it is a conflict of interest. Okay, there are nuances and challenges to proving this in a court of law, and I don't know how the case is going to play out. What I do know is Fannie Willis, in defending herself yesterday, not only invoked the race card, but invoked Jesus. She went to church. She invoked the Jesus Jesus card and the race card. She went black Jesus, if you will, in an attempt to shield herself against criticism, which is a very fancy way of saying she has absolutely no leg to stand on. <laughs> Folks, when people's defense of themselves is, you know, I'm a black woman. Give me grace, Jesus, forgiveness. Okay, you are prosecuting a man. You are saying he deserves no grace. You are saying his penance should be prison. And at the same time, you are guilty of things far greater than anything you're trying to accuse him of. You yourself are actual garbage. I think he's got a point. Garbage. This is a garbage prosecution. But you understand when people try to take racism and leverage that as a human shield against their own infidelities. Okay, you understand these are people with a cavalier disregard for the effect they have on society. It's like Harvard's president was a black woman, okay? Harvard's president plagiarized all her work and was guilty of endorsing anti-Semitism, okay? Those two things should disqualify you from public life. That being said, the people on the left defended her by saying, oh, why? Because she's a black woman? Democrats are so full of crap. Are they ever? Because there's no world where a white woman could get out there and champion anti-Semitism and plagiarize all her work and still keep her job. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So race has nothing to do with it. Fannie Willis prosecuting Donald Trump, if she's a white woman, if she's a black woman, if she's a man who dresses as a woman... The point is, if your lover is being tasked with prosecuting an ex-president and you guys are spending the money on getaways for yourselves, there's not a race that makes this okay. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. So to hear her respond to this over the weekend with, well, you know, can't expect black women to be perfect. What are we what are we even talking about? Just resign. Here it is, clip 24. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do it. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, so there's the pull quote. Okay, we can no longer sit back and just let other folks do. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. Okay, here's my question for you, the listeners. Did she say that she didn't do it? No. Okay, she did it. And by it, I mean her partner.
<laughs> you cannot expect a black woman to just sit back and save the world. No, but apparently you can <laughs> expect her to get a hot sheets motel with the guy that she's using to prosecute Trump so they can shag on the side. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Here's a little more of it. Clip 25. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, but we are qualified upon his call. You can find common ground with people of all different ideologies if you simply commit yourself to be obedient and steadfast in your efforts and his work. If you commit yourself, God will turn your hard-headed self into the extraordinary for his kingdom. You are so full of sh- So she goes to the black woman card. She goes to the God card. We're all flawed. We're all sinners. We're unworthy. We're imperfect. We're damaged. Okay. So by that logic, she shouldn't be prosecuting Trump. Oh, wow. Seriously, what would be the difference between one and the other? If she is deserving of our grace because she broke the law, committed major ethics flaws, and brought a tainted prosecution against a guy who's not going to be found guilty, okay, then by that very metric, she's guilty of far worse than he is. And in this moment, Donald Trump is not using fake racism to divide society, Fannie Willis is, okay, because she knows there's no other defense of her conduct other than to say, hey, look, over here, Racism. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. But do you realize, like, how toxic that is on society? I'm not, I'm not sitting here defending Trump, okay? They're, you know, particulars of the case I'm sure I'm not familiar with one way or the other. But if we're sitting here having an honest conversation about what's going on, and you realize that this woman gave her lover a big budget to go get Trump, knowing the big budget meant they could travel together and spend money. Okay, this is by every metric a conflict of interest. This by every metric undermines the integrity of the case itself. And the minute you see them pivot to race, okay, did Trump say race? The answer would be no. Did the ethics allegations against her and her partner say race? The answer would be no. Is anyone saying race? The answer would be no. Okay, because there is no race that we'd accept this conduct for. Yet they're bringing it up anyway, which is a very fancy way of saying we're guilty. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Something you might laugh about when it comes to Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis in Fulton County is that both herself and Letitia James, Letitia James, District Attorney here in New York, uh, who is uh, Attorney General, let me get that right, who is also prosecuting Donald Trump in New York. So uh, the woman prosecuting Donald Trump in New York, the woman prosecuting Donald Trump in Georgia, 
What do they both have in common? They both visited the Biden White House. Check this out. Uh, here it is on Hannity. This is Trump's attorney, Alina Habba, uh, responding to that report, clip 22. I cannot understand why she would have cause in the middle of a trial to go see the White House and the Biden administration, let alone the top. One of the records said that they met on the front lawn. I can't believe what I'm seeing. I really can't. And I am with you, Sean, reporting with you every day. I am in the weeds and I still am shocked. They cease to amaze me. This is unbelievable. I thought Georgia was bad. And then today I have to sit in court and get notice that this person has now weaponized her, which we already knew, but now that she's coordinating as well with the yeah. Biden administration. What was she there for? Coffee? We don't believe it anymore. Nope. It's a little bit of a scam. Okay. Both women go visit Biden. Both women end up prosecuting Donald Trump. Um, the idea that they want you to believe, no, this isn't politically motivated. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But that's what they want you to believe. No, we're just, you know, we're concerned. Concerned about the rule of law. Nobody's above the law. That's what they want you to believe. But you understand the timing of these indictments undermine everything because these are indictments that could have been brought a year ago. They could have been brought two years ago. Oh, really? That's right. Technically speaking, they could have been brought three years ago. The idea that they are indicting Donald Trump in the middle of an election uh, for for alleged crimes. I mean, he's not actually accused of, say, insurrection, but they're trying to use that to take him off the ballot. But the idea that they're bringing these attacks right now when they could have been brought at any point in the last three years tells you everything you need to know and that this is a roundabout, glamorous way to try and interfere in an election. Like the Hunter Biden laptop. I don't need you to spend all day mad at Hunter Biden, but it was election interference that they banned his laptop. Okay, straight up it was. They said, you can't talk about this. And the run-up to the election, it is Russian disinformation. <laughs> yep. The election ended. And now we've gone from its Russian disinformation to fine, it was real, but Biden wasn't involved. <laughs> now we found out Biden was involved. He met with the business partners, called into 22 different conference calls, and they were like, fine, it was real. He called into 22 different conference calls, but they were talking about the weather. <laughs> It was fine, but they didn't get any money. The point is they lied and they interfered in our election, every single one of them, and they want you to believe they're protecting democracy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up, ready to roll. Big hour, Iowa caucus Monday. They're getting ready in the living rooms right now to argue over who everybody should be voting for. This could be a problem. I mean, honestly, that's what the Iowa caucuses are. It's Twitter in person. You know, Twitter is like, oh, I'm voting for DeSantis and someone's... I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Well, in Iowa, they've got to do this face-to-face. And the conventional wisdom has Trump running away with it. Uh, but that's why they play the game. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Jason Chavitz joining us in this hour. He is a Fox News contributor, former congressman, frequent fill-in host on the program. Uh, and he claims that Joe Biden will not be the nominee in this 
coming election. Biden is such a disaster. Now, that is not just analysis from Lincoln Phelan, <laughs> nor is that just analysis from Jason Chaffetz. In this hour, okay, we are going to give you the breakdown on some new poll numbers out from ABC. Okay, ABC right now, it's an ABC News Ipsos poll released over the weekend, has President Joe Biden's approval rating at 33%. Yo, we have had presidents that led us into great depressions that weren't polling at 33%. That's true. That is true. Unpopular wars in Vietnam, not polling at 30 That's true. That is true. Okay, he is polling historically bad. And no matter what spin they give you out of the White House, well, but, you know, well, they look at all the money we spent on the environment, oh, climate change. Nobody cares about climate change. When the border's overrun and inflation's through the roof, you don't have the luxury of caring what the weather's going to do 50 years from now. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, that is the scam of climate change. It's white privilege. It's really rich white people, okay, and their offspring, okay, care about climate change. They have the luxury of believing man can control the weather. And they do so as a means of feeling better about the guilt they experience over the spectacular levels of prosperity they have accrued without actually contributing anything to society. That's who these people are. Okay, but understand, the oldest joke in the history of the world is what? Well, weatherman. I'd love to be a weatherman. You can be wrong every day. You still keep your job. Exactly. But you want me to believe that in a world where we can't predict tomorrow's weather accurately, we can predict the weather 75 years from now? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. The dumbest. So anything the Biden administration thinks is a deliverable to them is a failure to everybody else. Like they think the fact that the border's wide open is a deliverable. Hey, just because your kids are getting thrown out of high school in the inner city because we need room for migrants, that's good for us. I promise. You don't understand. Because we're straining the resources, increasing the tax burden, California is now offering sex changes to illegal immigrants. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But it's all a way of messaging to the world, hey, these are what our priorities are. Guys, people aren't walking a thousand miles to America because they want to change their gender. Yes, they want to change their way of life. Yes, we encourage them to do so legally. The reason they're walking a thousand miles and suscepting themselves to the perils of being trafficked by coyotes and drug cartels is because they happen to be getting into the country. Bingo. It's the only reason they're walking. They're not walking for climate change. They're not walking for sex change. They're walking for a change of scenery, and we're giving it to them no strings attached. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, literally no strings attached, because you have if you have one attached, they'll now cut it off for free. What the hell did you just say? But all I'm really trying to say is that the reason Biden's poll numbers are historically low is not because he's in his late hundreds. It's because he absolutely positively sucks at doing the job. You are correct, sir. Okay. Adding to the problem, okay, his approval rating is 21 points below average amongst black people. 
the key constituency that delivers the Democrats' national elections, and 15 points below average amongst Hispanic people. So all of the minorities that the Democrats pander to by saying, well, you can't have voter ID laws, that's worse than Jim Crow. Minorities aren't capable of getting a voter ID. They're stupid. That's the take. That's their line of defense. They said asking minority voters to get a government ID, something every single person listening to the show has and is capable of getting since elementary school. Okay, they want you to believe it's worse than a Jim Crow era where we burnt down houses and assaulted people to stop them from voting. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Jim Crow on steroids. This guy's a serious ass. And he's always been willing to say anything. You know, the line of attack against Trump, the guy just says anything. And he does. He just says anything. But you understand, he doesn't say anything remotely to the level of consequence that you're getting out of Joe Biden. Here's Joe Biden back in 88. In 88, 1988, forced out of his second attempt at the White House for lying and plagiarism. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. (laughs) So uh, I guess we have some issues. (laughs) Do you understand? That's 88. Lying about anything. Okay, Joe Biden. His signature achievement in politics is survival. The way he's been able to survive in politics is by being completely unmoored to any ideology whatsoever. Joe Biden, who the Democrats would have you believe is the champion of gay marriage, had this position on gay marriage just two years before they passed gay marriage. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Oh, (laughs) what's the game going on here? But do you understand? Not a single solitary Democrat calls him out on that position because they're as unprincipled as he is. Oh, what's popular? What will get us votes now? Oh, defund the police. They want to get rid of the police. No. Yeah, if that's popular. OK. Yeah. Defund the police. It is. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the street. Um, And understand, this is the word that's coming from the streets. They're capable of saying anything if they think it'll get them power. And the way they make them seem like the normal party is through projection. Well, the other guys will say anything. They'll say anything, the other guys. Anyway, defund the police. Men can have babies. (laughs) They'll say anything. They'll say anything, including if you have issues with Joe Biden, it's because of ageism. When you talk about a level of shamelessness, here is Tim Waltz from Minnesota, Democrat, 
okay, defending Joe Biden's record and age. He blames ageism. This is clip 17. I've spent a lot of time with the president, and he's great. We, uh, we're talking, we're chatting, and all this. And I think, you know, we, we all get a little older. Uh, that's what happens. But you also gain that insight. And I think when it comes to these issues, working across the aisle to get things done, you see the president just doing this with dignity, doing it with class, getting up every day, doing the work. So I think he's just doing what he does. And I think it's a kind of incumbent upon all of us. Look, my mom's 88, still living on the farm, drives herself. Um, <laughs> Folks are able to do this, so I think this little bit of ageism that goes to this, if, if it's not that, it would be something else. They attack all of us on something. This is part of it. That was embarrassing. Okay, understand this. It's not Biden's age. It's his condition. I have a 96-year-old Uncle Sam who's sharper than anyone listening to the show. Guy still runs marathons. Okay, it's not about your age. It's about your condition. But to take it a step further, Joe Biden isn't polling historically low because of his condition. Joe Biden is polling historically low because of the country's condition. You're absolutely right. So when you try to deflect to ageism, okay, vote for us or you're guilty of something. Hey, ho, I know the border's overrun. I know core prices are 23% higher than when we took office. You can't afford stuff at the grocery store. I know the crime numbers are up. But don't vote for us. Vote for vote, 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 vote. You vote for us or you're a bad person. You're an ageist. That's what it is. You have Biden at 33% because you need to go to some type of re-education seminar where you stop discriminating against people's age. Yo, people wouldn't care if Biden was a thousand. Okay, if the border secure, crime is low and we can afford stuff, I would vote. I would vote for someone Biden's age like Moses. Okay, bring him in. I'd vote for the guy. Okay, this is not about his age. This is not about his condition. We're all going to get old. We're all going to be a mess. Okay, some of us like me are a mess right now. But understand the country's a disaster. So much so, okay, that the conversation around Joe Biden is not about what will the second agenda, you know, term look like. It's what, if anything, will he be doing in the public eye when they throw him off the ticket? Okay, because there are two dueling concerns. One, the country's screwed. Two, people genuinely don't believe his elevator goes all the way to the top floor. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. And that's not because of his age. That's because they've been watching the guy. Okay, if you had a friend that shook hands with invisible people, that called out to dead people during press conferences, that got the state wrong, okay, that gets lost leaving the stage when they're playing hail to the chief, that somehow sometimes doesn't react when they're playing his custom entrance song, hail to the chief. I keep forgetting I'm president. Okay, I don't doubt that he does. Okay. He does have a bit of a speech impediment that I give him credit for dealing with in the public eye. But these are not lapses in speech. These are lapses, okay, in stupid. We choose truth over facts. That's not a speech impediment. That's a guy who's not all there. You understand? A clip like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by Go, you know, the, you know the thing. That's not a stutter of the tongue. It's a stutter of the brain. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, 
with, uh, I don't know. Uh, so here's Jonathan Carl on The Week over on ABC talking about new polling that's out that says just 28 percent. Tw- we have a president, 28 percent, think he has the mental sharpness to effectively serve another term. Clip 18. You have you have the question of the president's age. I mean, it's just there in poll after poll, not just ours. Our poll, in fact, said 28 percent, just 28 percent think that President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another term. Uh, this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. 28 percent of Americans. Let's talk about this, guys. Not because I'm on Fox News. Oh, Fox News. Oh, how dare you? This right-wing hate machine. Are you listening to the show? I don't care. Are you watching my TV show? I don't care. I'm just a fat guy with a spray tan who's having a nice time. And when I analyze politics, I don't analyze them through a Republican lens or a Fox News lens. I analyze them through an American lens. Okay, the president sucks. He's bad at his job. 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. And just 28% of the country thinks he's mentally fit. That is not a Fox News poll. Those are not my Twitter followers. There aren't a bunch of right-wing extremists. This is ABC. 28% think he is mentally fit to serve another term. Do you understand there is not another job in America you could get hired for if 72% of your potential employers thought you weren't mentally fit, okay? Nobody in America hires people that we don't think are mentally fit except the White House. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. But you understand we're not about to make the mistake of hiring them again. And it's not because of their age. It's not because of their gender. Okay, it's because they're terrible at what they're doing. And when someone tries to pivot to age or sex or gender, what they're saying is they don't care about the condition of the country. They just want to socially pressure people into taking uh, the ride with them a second time. And that's the problem the Democrats have right now. Okay, is the good news for them in 2020 is that Biden won. But the bad news in 2024 is that Biden won in 2020. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. So here is Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, who takes time out from his busy schedule of emptying prisons and emptying buffets. This guy puts up some numbers. Uh, Here he is telling us that Biden's age is a good thing. Clip 20. Our poll, in fact, said 28 percent, just 28 percent think that President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another term. So how does he address those concerns, those very real concerns that voters have? Maybe we ought to start by just acknowledging that Joe Biden has years of experience, that when you talk about someone's age, you're also talking about the wisdom that they've gained over many years and how they've demonstrated their empathy that they've learned from so many experiences. Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump are roughly the same age. Do you think Donald Trump has learned empathy in his life? He has not. 
I got to be honest. Donald Trump spends more time talking to rank and file voters than any president in the history of this country. Okay. Donald Trump was the guy who showed up at another firehouse yesterday with eight pizzas. Okay. Not Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't campaign. Joe Biden doesn't do rallies. Okay. When Joe Biden does a public event, okay, sadly, as it did again last week, it ends with a video of a little girl nervously trying to back away from the frame because Biden's trying to sniff her. Back up, you creep. Okay, Joe Biden is really like a social liability. They don't let him out in public. But again, don't just hold Trump to the standard of Joe Biden because we know there's something unprecedented going on there. Donald Trump, for whatever you think of the guy, I don't care. But no one has ever done more rallies than Donald Trump. Nobody has worked more rope lines. Nobody has made more cameos at fire departments, at police departments, okay, than Donald Trump. The reason he is so popular, the reason that 91 indictments don't slow him down, the reason that people are able to look beyond January 6th, things the Democrats want you to believe were the worst moments that have ever happened in our politics, despite the fact that the White House was just attacked again by liberal protesters this weekend. The reason people see through the BS is because they know Donald Trump sees them. He meets with them. Like them, hate them. It's undeniable. And the sales pitch by the Democrats is dumb. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They are playing. This next guest should be honored by this. They're playing not only Van Halen. They're playing good Van. This is that's the old school. This Van is Halen. Diamond David Lee Roth. Yeah, this, this is the is Van Halen legit. that matters. That's, I this, remember that was this, high school. Right this was there. coming out of like eighty-five Trans Ams. You know, things were happening. My mom had an eighty-five. A lot, a lot of yeah, a lot going on at the roller rink in Big eighty-five. Bird on there. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, joining us now. Uh, you know, it's funny because the Van Halen song they're playing is "Dead or Alive," and I think if you follow politics closely, it's hard to tell some days if the president is dead or alive. Uh, joining us now to separate fact from fiction. Former Utah congressman turned multimedia matinee idol Jason Chaffetz in the house. Hey, girl. I am just. I came in. I started bowing. Congratulations on the new show. Like wow. I'm really excited for you. Can I tell you something? People talk down about black level and low level extortion. Okay, blackmail and low level. It works. Okay, yeah. I'm on the billboard. You see me on the show. Yeah, Times Square, baby. If, if you know who to take hostage around, you can still get things done. When okay. you were driving that taxi around, did you ever think, yes. other than America's Most Wanted, you would be up <laughs> Good on- for you. Yes, that's why. That's what keeps you alive, is you convince yourself sociopathically, hey, you see that billboard up there? I'm going to be on that billboard. You have, now that you have arrived, the question is just how fast will the exit be? Oh, it's over. It's, I, I'll tell you exactly how it's going to go, just so we're on the same page. Okay, when I um, was in like I was like a graduating high school. Okay, I always wanted to see. I weighed like two seventy five. Did you actually graduate high school? Hey, that's another a lot of shots out of Chaffetz today. Very chippy. I love this, and uh, it's all in the back of my mind. So I don't think it's not coming back around in the next few minutes. Go ahead. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, uh, I once post high school wanted abs. For real, because I was like 275. I lost 100 pounds my freshman year of college just to see what I looked like with abs. And I saw I was at the top of the mountain for about an, an hour and the avalanche began. 
I don't think anybody else wants to see what that would look like. No, 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 no. Now I'm back to it normal. It may be shedding, but you actually have to do sit-ups. No, Did now I tell I, you that part. Stop it. Now I look like a before model. Now it's a totally, you know. <laughs> By the way, that's how you know you've quit in life when you're hoping to look like the guy on the left side of the screen. <laughs> Not even the guy who took the eugenics or whatever they're selling you it's called. If I could just be the before guy, you know, that guy's got a decent look going on. Not bad. Thank Not I, bad. You be him. Forget the guy. Just the other guy, you know. So anyway, the point is I, I don't expect it to last long, but I'm, I'm here for the story. You know, and what a, it's such a good story. No, you're, now. You're, you're you're legit. You're like authentic, and you tell fun. Fresh it's an everyman moment. It is an everyman moment. Thank friend, you for saying that. And, and you know what? And it's spontaneous for anybody who's listening here to think that this is all like written or canned or oh, there's no. some magic Oz behind. It's not. No, no one would listen to any of this and think a professional wrote it. <laughs> no, I've, that's the one thing I've never been accused of. <laughs> professional. That's that's my it's favorite. Usually not in the. From curriculum the- vitae that you put together. <laughs> That's from the heart. Uh, Jason Chavitz in studio against our better judgment. We're talking about uh, all things politics. Uh, we have Iowa caucuses tonight. Tonight. That's tonight. Imagine. It's tonight. Imagine. I wonder if it's warm or cold. <laughs> so, well, this is the one thing about that. I've heard that analysis. Like, well, the weather. Dude, when we were at the peak of COVID hysteria, like, people were literally like, if you walk outside, you'll die. Right. And everyone you know will die. Like, your grandparents, if you call your grandparents after you walk outside, they'll get COVID through the phone and die. Right. Trump voters were packing arenas, like 35,000 people, body to body. I got a story about this. Okay, okay so I actually, right in the heart of COVID, got invited to go speak in mm-hmm. Des Moines. Yeah. And I went, and there were like eight. Hundred people there. Uh-huh. Not a person had a mask. No. On. And I was. I started out by. I didn't know what the was going to be acceptable. So I. This first guy I came up to. I did a fist bump. Uh-huh. And he says, "This is Iowa. We shake hands here. Yeah, we do." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry." They were playing spin the bottle. We had eight hundred people in this audience, oh, I love and this. it was. Right in the heart of it. I get it. And the point is, if the Trump voter was going to turn out in record numbers during what we were told was like a life or death moment, the cold ain't ain't keeping them home. I I don't believe any of that analysis. I've been to Iowa multiple times. I love it there. It is frigid. It is cold. cold. They're used to it. Mm -hmm. They're probably laughing at all these... You know, stories that are coming. Oh, it's super cold. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, thank you. It's always cold in January. The last time I was in Iowa, I was in Davenport last winter. Uh I actually saw three penguins go inside. Like on Main Street. They're like, we're not standing out here. It's bad. Yeah, they, they learn how to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. So we talk about it as if it could be a turnout issue. I don't believe that. And I believe also, if you're an Iowan, uh, you want high turnout today, if only because that will shorten the TV advertising period next time around. If they don't get 185, 200,000 caucus goers, that means they have to advertise even more heavily next time around. Yes. And no one wants that. How many commercials do they watch? It, you, would you not say that it's literally it's every commercial break exhausting. of every show? Yeah. I, I I remember in the election cycle with Georgia, remember? Mm-hmm. And then they had a runoff. Yeah. It's like, this is a cabal. This is like ABC, CBS, all the local Fox stations. Yeah. They get they buy the station just to run the ads and all the politics. They do. So who do you think was madder at Trump when they had those runoffs in the Senate in Georgia? The Republican Party or the advertisers? Because he was like, don't even vote. Who even knows what they're doing with the votes down the here? ad salesmen were jumping up and down. <laughs> See, yeah, baby, give me my 15%. Come on. Good stuff. Well, I will say this. Uh, I don't expect turnout to be an issue. Uh, I expect them to show up and go hard. Um 
people say that DeSantis has the most to lose because he staked so much on Iowa. He's skipping New Hampshire. He's heading down to South Carolina. But is there an argument to be made for Trump having a lot to lose, if only because, you know, the prevailing wisdom is he's winning by he's getting 50 percent? My take on this is it's all about expectations, right? Mm -hmm. I think if Donald Trump gets north of 50 percent, game over. It's done. Game set. New Hampshire doesn't matter. Just wrap it up, baby, because nobody's even come close to that. Yeah. DeSantis' expectations very low. I happen to think he'll do much better. Okay. Um, I think he's got the legit organization out there. I think people want to be like Florida. Yeah. Um, there was a poll that came out, something like 43% of the Nikki Haley's, Haley supporters yes. would vote for Biden I over know. Trump. I know. And, and I think when that sinks in, people are like, wait, what are we doing? We're yeah. going to shoot ourselves in the foot if we do this. Yeah. And you can cross over a vote there. So... And Vivek Ramaswamy, important messenger, great mm-hmm. voice, but I, you know, I think yeah. he's in the single. Well, digits. now that Trump ditched him, it's over. It's so transactional. It's just... And uh, we're talking to Jason Chaffetz. Um, well, the, what I think you know holds potential to surprise us mm-hmm. is that so much of the analysis on the conservative side of the aisle is based on Twitter, and Twitter is just so not reflective of the real world. Meaning, Vivek could be president of Twitter. If the election were held on Twitter, he has a very good shot of being president. If they had a United States of Twitter, he might win, you know? And I think that's the challenge is that, you know, I wouldn't expect a top three finish out of him in Iowa. The Haley thing is interesting to me because this is what I wanted to ask you about. If 43% of her voters would otherwise vote for Biden, is it also a turnout liability issue for the Republicans if she's not the nominee? Because she has significant support. It's not Trump support, not even close to Trump support. But is it is that a problem for them? Well, look, ultimately, elections are won and lost in that last five or six percent. Mm-hmm. The people that aren't watching the news daily and taking they're not even going to think about this thing until yeah. October. Mm-hmm. How do you get those true? I mean, true yeah. independents, not not your buddy who fakes it. I'm yeah. talking about He's yeah, voted actually, Republican for a hundred years. Like, I'm an independent. No, I'm talking or about the person liberal. who watches yeah. you know Wheel of Fortune. much rather watch an nba game those are the people that decide these elections they do and and bail us down to basically six states yeah you know Mm -hmm. i think the democrats actually have the advantage Mm -hmm. not because of their messenger Mm -hmm. not because of their policy i think those are the albatrosses that are Mm -hmm. weighing them down it's because their organizational skills get out the vote, and they changed all the laws on Mm -hmm. how we vote in this country republicans are like complaining about it but Democrats organized around it. They did. And that's why I think they have the advantage because of their organizational get out the vote effort. So you don't think there's a world where Biden steps aside for somebody young? Oh, I do. Okay. I do. I think we're he, back to where we started. Yeah, I think you're he does with your get forced. I, okay. I still believe that he gets out, he gets forced out. When you have David Axelrod, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who believe this is Obama's third term. Yeah. And if you look at the infrastructure, peel back the onion a little bit, that same team Obama is team Biden behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Yeah. And they've kind of liked this puppet over here that they could control. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, they say, you've got to have a messenger. And yeah. Kamala Harris is nowhere, despite the nice Weird. Christmas ornament that you got from her. <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but it's tainting your view of her. She's not exactly <laughs> the best messenger. She was giving out candles at the White House. That was the going rub. He's got this Christmas ornament, everybody. Kamala Harris, first woman for vice president. Hold on a second. You were giving them a visual. I thought you were alluding to the candles. I'll explain this in a second. Yes. Because I didn't know the candle story. I was on Ingram last week. And uh, me and Ingram do this thing every Tuesday. It's called What the Fela, WTF, where she just throws stories at me. I don't know what's coming. 
So I'm just responding. Right. So she's like, yeah, Kamala's giving out candles in the White House. And I was like, oh, I guess that's better than the time Bill Clinton gave out cigars to the interns. <laughs> and you just watch Laura try to get her face out of the screen on her own TV show. I'm like, Laura, you could duck out of the shot. It still says Ingram angle the length of the screen. Comedy people. But I didn't realize that's what I thought you were calling back was her candles. So what's happening here, and this is so funny, uh, my man Tom Root, who runs the operation side of this. He's like the wolf. Like yeah. if something went wrong, you know, in Pulp Fiction, they're sending the wolf. Yeah. GPS says 33 minutes. I'll be there in eight. That's Tom Root. So Tom Root found this Kamala Harris Christmas ornament. It says first woman vice president, commemorative ornament. It was a dollar in a clearance <laughs> section. <laughs> That's everything you need to know about this presidency. We've had presidents that have led us into unpopular wars in Vietnam. We've had presidents that have led us through great depressions. We've never had a president with this approval number. And they try to get on TV every week and they're like, no, no, it's working. It's good. No, this is good. The history of the United States, a historical moment. And by the way, she's still the vice president. <laughs> but a man, dollar. A dollar. A dollar. Understand. So you think about that's what this that's what these surrogates are tasked with. That's why I think your theory holds merit. You know, okay. so there's if you go to National Airport, when I was in Congress, you go through that airport every couple, three, four days. You can see who's hot and who's not by what T-shirts are selling and who's selling. And all of a sudden, Trump everything, you know, and they could not give away some of this other stuff. And Obama was like always hot. Right. Mm -hmm. People coming to D.C. You could see who is in, who is out just by the T-shirt sales. I I, totally buy that. I love that analysis. I think if Trump was smart, he should lean in, uh, channel some inner Nixon for the general. I think the slogan is tanned, arrested and ready. (laughs) I think it works. Or or you could even Tar. go full, or you could go spray tanned, arrested Tar. and ready. Yeah. No, I think it all works. T-A-R, yeah, star. Nixon's was tanned. Was it Nixon tanned, rested and ready? So now you get spray tanned, arrested and ready. I think it works. I think it works. I, I think you lean in. Well, it's going to be a bonkers election any way you slice it. So let me ask you this then, knowing what we know. We get Iowa tonight and yeah, we still think Biden's stepping aside. Right. Have you given further thought to who it is? Because I watched Newsom on with Hannity. He is good at TV. He's bad at everything, but he's good at TV. And in a short race, because I think if your point holds that Biden's getting forced off, you think it's what? June, right? June, uh, I July, thought it would, I actually time? thought it would be before the oh, end okay. of the year. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I think the legal problems actually compel him to want to stay longer, even though he'd still be the the, the president. He doesn't want to be a lame duck. Um, I, I don't know who. I, my wild card in all this, I keep saying this name. I'm don't the you only, dare. Susan Rice. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Michelle Obama. She's not running. No. I she don't does not want to run. They have a billion dollars. They're hanging out on Steven Spielberg's yacht. They don't want to go see the butter cow in Iowa. They I, don't care. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, I think mean, it's an easy. The ego is large in, yeah. in that one, but I don't I don't think it's her. I think they. they Susan Rice be interesting. I saw this analysis once about Democrats. They said their biggest success is when they've taken somebody from obscurity, molded them into something that. They mm-hmm. thought the voters wanted and then ran them. In part, Obama did that. Yep. Jimmy Carter did that. Did we he didn't, ever. We didn't know who that was. Yep. And um, Bill Clinton mm-hmm. from Arkansas. Yep. So who is that for the Democrats? May not be Newsom, well, but they yeah. got a short bench there. That's the problem. But they keep saying internally it has to be a woman of color, which to me would mean Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I would. <laughs> hey, good night, everybody. Come on. I got a million of them here. What are we talking about here? We're talking to Jason Chaffetz. Uh, last but not least, since I got you here in town, uh, 
there is a new show on Fox News on Saturday nights uh, called Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon that I know you're well aware of. It's a really creative title. You know what I've noticed with all the shows I host, Fox Across America, Fox News Saturday Night? Uh, You can just change the host name and it doesn't change the show. It's not a vote of confidence when they have the network's name right in the title, but I like it. I'm not your agent, but you've got to learn something from Bob Newhart, one Mm -hmm. of the great comedians there have been. He said, I had to have my name up front because I figured they can't let me go if it's the Bob Newhart show. And then it was, well, we already did that. Well, let's do another one, the Bob Newhart show <laughs> with NBC or whatever. No, no. No, no. Your fundamental flaw is with. Can, yeah. No, it's not because you know what? If they ever get rid of me, I'm going to do the show in another network and it's still going to be called Fox News. <laughs> I'm taking it, taking it with me, Javits. I'm just going to own it. I'm not, I'm not going to vacate. Congratulations. I'm excited for it. It's excited. It's exciting. Um. And uh, as a comic, because, you know, that's my background, this week's show, if you get to see it, we didn't we actually didn't talk a minute of politics, because if you can do comedy, straight comedy, the world needs uh, that a lot more than they need. Well, here's another hot take from Jimmy in the comics. We need escapism and we don't have a lot of it. So that's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be like a one hour autonomous zone. So everybody gets it out of their systems. And then, you know, in the morning comes the Sunday show start. We can all beat the snot out of each other. But there's such a huge void because all these comedian shows supposedly all morphed into being political shows. Yeah. Colbert ruined it because you know what happened? Like that was his strength coming over from Comedy Central. Yeah. And if you remember when um, his show launched. I did the Colbert Report. Is that true? Oh, on on the Comedy Central side. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It was fun. It was a better show. It was funny. Um, Him playing himself is a little bit more difficult because he's a little snarky, like almost too much for a human character. Um, But he was losing to Jimmy Fallon by millions of votes. And then they turned on Fallon because they were like, oh, he normalized Donald Trump by having him on NBC. I'm like, Donald Trump had a show on NBC for 15 years. Was that fringe? It was the highest primetime show. But that transactional nature of politics looks bad on comedians because as a comedian, you're supposed to tell relatable truths that you then exaggerate for comedic gain. When you start saying Trump is Hitler and you employed him for 15 years, you're either Goebbels or you're full of you know what. <laughs> and I think that's what hurt the, you know, with the viewers. So we're here. Uh, we're making comedy great. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> they say you're supposed to lower expectations. We're saving comedy, America. Saturday night. 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, great hit. We'll do it again. Back after this. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I think people will end up rallying around Biden. But there is no question. It is very hard for young people, I think for most Americans, to be excited about what is going on right now. The president has got to change course. Wow, that is Bernie Sanders saying young people not excited about Biden. We have a president that is clearly not all there. I mean, uh, the bigger issue is, you know, they frame it as if it's young people. It's everybody. If the guy is polling at 33 percent, 33 percent. That means there's not a single solitary group that he happens to be above water with. I think he's got a point. Okay, you don't get the 33% approval rating because one group is dragging you down. You get the 33% approval rating because everybody out there thinks you suck. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, but the bigger problem Biden has, bigger problem Democrats have, and it's the reason they don't want a substantive election. 
They, you know, they want somebody like Trump so they could say, you know, January 6th, white supremacy or something, misogyny. You know, no matter who the Republican is, that's what it's going to be. January 6th, racist, white supremacy, whatever it is. They don't want to talk about issues because the problem is they don't govern, okay, for a greater good. They just prioritize us based on race and gender and sexual ideology. But at the end of the day, we all have the same needs. We all need a good economy. We all need a strong border. And we all need to feel safe going to the stores. How about it? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is, and here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. A big hour, a plus-sized hour, an embarrassment of radio riches on the show we call Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. The Iowa caucuses getting underway here shortly. Joining us in this hour, Congressman from the great state of Texas, uh, who is on the side of Ron DeSantis. I am talking, of course, about Chip Roy, who is just not happy with the state of our politics on either side of the aisle. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It wish me luck keeping Chip Roy under control. He might throw a haymaker. Chip Roy uh, has famously called out his colleagues in the Republican Party for squandering their majority in the House of Representatives. He's thrown his support behind DeSantis because he feels like DeSantis is a business first politician, not, you know, an Instagram influencer playing tennis shirtless like Vivek. Uh, He sees him as less of a distraction than Trump. Now, you, of course, are entitled to your own opinion, but it'll be very interesting to talk to Chip Roy about the attacks that have come against him because we're in this really dumb time in our politics right now where the Republican Party is very much cannibalizing one another. Chip Roy is as good of a conservative as you have in the House, and people are calling him a rhino. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Think about that. He is one of the, I think, actually the most conservative voting record of anyone on the floor. And like, ah, this guy's not even a real Republican voting for DeSantis. That's how stupid our politics have become. Okay, if you look out at the polling right now, the one thing DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and Trump have in common is they'd all beat Biden. Okay, so if you're a conservative, you shouldn't be bashing any of them. Because if they wind up being your nominee, they all get you your desired outcome. But what you realize is in this stage of the primary season and the caucus season, it's not about the general. It's about people's feelings. Everybody is beholden to a specific candidate that they can't imagine voting for anybody else. And social media and the 24-hour news cycle are now so omnipotent in our lives that there is such a thing as a prisoner of the moment mentality. And what I mean by that is a lot of people right now don't understand that they have had dozens of elections in their lifetimes where they ultimately wound up pulling a lever for someone other than the person they supported at the outset. Okay, this election may very well prove to be the same way, whether we're talking about the Republican Party or we're talking about the Democratic Party where most people uh, don't believe Biden will wind up being on the ticket. Biden's lost his marbles. But the prisoner of the moment mentality that everybody finds themselves stuck in in the age of social media convinces them that, no, no, you don't understand. This this time is different. You don't know that is it's, it's different this time. That is a fact check false. It's not different. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out tonight in Iowa, if only 
because it will change the calculus for a lot of candidates. Okay, some people may very well be forced to drop out if they have that far of a underwhelming performance. Uh, some people like DeSantis have already announced that they'll be skipping New Hampshire because they have more endorsements waiting for them in South Carolina, and they want to make sure they get the highest finish possible there. Uh, Chip Roy is on the front lines with DeSantis, but I want him on the show because he is very much on the front lines with America. This is a guy who has fought, okay, in the House to get appropriations bills that prioritize this country because, unfortunately, we're living in a time where you and I very rarely make the medal podium when it comes to the priorities of this administration. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. A lot of people feel that way, okay? And not only is it America last, but it's meritocracy last, and I think that's the bigger concern. I'm going to play a clip for you right now. And this is outside the wheel of politics. This is not about the Iowa caucuses. But as I was whipping through Twitter and Facebook this morning, okay, responding to all of your messages, I launched my Fox News Saturday Night Show this Saturday. I know I've never mentioned it on the show before, but it's true. I have a new TV show. It airs every Saturday night at 10 p.m. on the Fox News channel. And as I was scrolling through the well wishes and trying to get back to everybody who took the time to message me, there was one video that kept coming back up into my feed over and over and over again. It was the CEO of United Airlines, Scott Kirby, explaining that at United, their primary focus is making the cockpits more diverse. Now, understand, we all support diversity, okay? But when I get on board a plane, there's only one priority in that moment, and it's landing the frickin' plane. I have no issue if every single pilot from now until eternity is a transgender squid, okay, and they take off safely and they land safely, give it to the squids, okay? I don't want to see a white guy in there. I don't want to see a white guy. I don't, I don't care. Okay, there are certain jobs that need to, more than other jobs, be about meritocracy. I don't ever want to hear, you know, this is your captain speaking. Uh, I've, we've never had somebody like me in the cockpit before. Okay, that's not the news. The news you want to hear from the cockpit is, I know what I'm doing. Correct the mundo. Okay, and I don't doubt that they're trying to find pilots from diverse backgrounds who know what they're doing. But this idea that they want you to believe we have a problem right now because the cockpits aren't diverse enough, this is not me standing up for white people. This is not some type of racial backlash. I am standing up for the fact that, thankfully, by the grace of God, our commercial airliners have been relatively safe over the course of the last two decades. Yes, we just had an Alaskan Airlines door blow right off the plane during takeoff. Uh, That's a thing. That can't be good. Not at all. Okay, but the fact remains, people didn't start screaming because of the lack of diversity in the cockpit. They started screaming because the door wasn't on the plane anymore. We need to focus on what matters at some point in this society. And a lot of people feel like we're not doing that right now. And that probably winds up being the biggest liability for the Biden administration. Okay, this Scott Kirby clip, it's coming up right now. It's actually from June of 2021. It was during an interview with Axios. Why is it coming up right now? Because we're seeing these problems occur on commercial flights. We're reminded that two years before these problems started occurring, commercial airlines were bragging about how they were going to change the makeup of these flight crews. Clip 26. 
How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviator Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. I mean, man. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. You want to know who else doesn't care what color the pilots are, what gender the pilots are? The members of those genders and races. They don't care. They want safe planes. That's what they want. You never, ever, ever, ever once land a flight and go, hey, uh, before I leave, can I just have the diversity makeup of the flight? It doesn't matter. This is a life or death job. Okay, if you got people who can do it, great. If you bring in new people from other races that aren't traditionally represented, great. But when you tell us what your priority is, we have nothing to compare that to but how it's served us in other areas, which is not good. Everything woke turns to We have an administration being run by a series of firsts. We have our first female black vice president, Kamala Harris, okay, who is historically incompetent. Okay, her only signature achievement is her ability to run laps in conversation by using the same redundant phrases over and over again. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! Think about that. It's a historic first. She was left in charge of the border. She was called the border czar. And she has presided over the most catastrophic border failure in the history of the country. She's not polling low because of her race or her gender. She's polling low because she sucks at the job. The point is we want people who can do the job. Okay, people to judge. We've never had a black, uh, black, a openly gay transportation secretary before. Okay, he has presided, if you remember over a historic collapse of our supply chain, and yes, record-breaking levels of flight cancellations. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. When the train started turning over in record numbers in places like East Palestine, Ohio, Pete Booty Judge didn't want to show up and draw attention to the problem. He wanted us to continue to celebrate the fact that we'd never had someone like him in the job. Okay, these things don't matter. Representation is wonderful if you have competent representation. Like, do you understand when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball, the reason it's as, as significant as it is is because Jackie Robinson went on to be a Hall of Fame player. It wasn't breaking a barrier for the sake of breaking one, although in the case of baseball and social integration, it was absolutely positively necessary to break those barriers and the right thing to do. 
but they still made sure there was a unique caliber of individual tasked with doing so, if only because it would reflect more favorably of everyone who followed in their footsteps. Kamala Harris and her ineptitude, Pete Buttigieg and his ineptitude, sadly, okay, reflects poorly on the other diversity hires in the administration. When you see Kareem Jean-Pierre, who all she had to do was replace Jen Psaki? Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But KJP is a historically inept press secretary. When the White House has a big news day, they actually put her on the timeout step and bring out John Kirby from the Pentagon. So much so that it's become a point of contention that they write about all over the Beltway in D.C. They say, wow, this isn't right. They're making her sit down at the kiddie table when there's big breaking news. And why are they doing that? Because she can't do the job. This is an administration that is focused on optics instead of outcomes. That's why they're historically unpopular. Ketanji Brown Jackson confirmed to the Supreme Court with a straight face, with a straight face, okay, said she can't define what a woman is. That is offensive and it is not true. Okay, because she knows the answer. She just didn't want to be on the wrong side of the inclusion ideology of pretending that men and women are the same thing. Okay, but that's what they're selling you out of this administration. They're saying, oh, competency is irrelevant. What we need is people that tow the party line. We choose truth over facts. Whatever that means. Okay, that's how you get away with saying men can have babies. They can't. Okay, but any type of platform that prioritizes such things at the expense of merit is doing so to the detriment of everybody involved, including the races and genders that they claim to be supporting. When you hear United Airlines, okay, say that we need to be focusing on diversity in the cockpit more than anything else. Okay, I promise you, if you were to poll every one of your passengers, they would not rank diversity anywhere near the primal needs of air travel. But if you're wondering why the quality of air travel seems to be taking such a precipitous nosedive, it's because they're fighting all the wrong battles. And that's where we find ourselves heading into the 2024 election. There is one side of the aisle that really does prioritize that stuff. Okay, we need more representation. Of course we do. And competent representation will always be welcomed. But sadly, when it comes to hiring practices, and we just need to change the demographics as soon as we possibly can. Okay, it's physically impossible to implement these changes without cutting a lot of quarters when it comes to qualification. How do you think Harvard wound up where they were? Harvard had a woman is the president of Harvard, what's supposed to be the most prestigious and elite academic institution in the world. She was morally and intellectually unqualified on a profound level. This woman was an idiot. Plagiarized all her papers, openly cheered on anti-Semitism. This is not a person that should be doing anything. Okay, she should be president of a fantasy football league let alone the school getting the highest endowment of money, okay, in the country from the taxpayer. But that's what all of this woke ideology prioritizes. And believe me, you might think it's nice to talk about inclusion stats, and I certainly want people of all races and ethnicities to pursue whatever they want and feel welcome doing so. But when you get on the plane, okay, and you hit a little adversity, you're not going to be mad that a 63-year-old white guy goes, this is your pilot speaking. You are correct, sir. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. 
Oh, man. It is Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Chip Roy in a minute. But since we were talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, at the corporate level when it comes to commercial air travel, Gary is in Addison County, Vermont. He has a theory. Gary! Jimmy! Hey, can you okay? Play your one of your sound clips of Biden stammering and stumbling when he tries to speak. Okay. Now imagine the terror on everybody's face if that was the message coming over to loudspeaker from your captain on your next flight. <laughs> well, here's the thing: Biden couldn't get hired because he's a, a white guy. Then that's the good news for us. United won't hire him. And I think it's so crazy to hear those like. Coming from the the United CEO, he goes, well, you know, white males are dominating the cockpits. Dude, if the planes ain't crashing, I don't care if it's chihuahuas dominating the cockpits. You know, I would would fly behind Charlie Manson if he was a good pilot. I don't care. (laughs) Wow. Well, listen, man, you might have a a chance if he reincarnates himself as an Asian woman. Uh, You got a good shot. You got a real good shot. Isn't it just the dumbest thing? It's like... Because when we respond to these types of initiatives, we're framed as like racist and old and out of touch. But we're really actually saying something from a point of wisdom, which is, hey, world, we're fighting all the wrong battles right now. No, I I no longer think these people can't reach a new low. They can do it every day if they they don't even have to try. It's so amazing. Uh, I I, Listen, I I used to tell you, you know, you'd hear me say on the air, like I didn't feel smart enough to host one of these shows. I'm now hosting like eight of these shows because that's how dumb the world is around me. (laughs) Crazy, but great call as always. Uh, We'll do it again, Gary. Have a big week, man. Appreciate it. Gary says... (laughs) Gary says, imagine uh, Joe Biden as the pilot. The answer would be no. Can't imagine that. And uh, lucky for us. Yeah, you could. They couldn't hire Biden. They don't want an old white guy in there right now. And that's the point I think is so crazy is the guys who are commercial airline pilots, no matter what their background is. okay, better than 90 percent of them have military combat experience or they flew in the military whether they saw combat or not that's who's flying your plane guys who know how to do the job okay now you're talking to me about people who you know were afraid of hurting their feelings got to get their pronouns right listen to me if you're not emotionally stable enough to have someone misgender you i don't know that you should be in charge of the lives of 300 other people You know, and I think that's my bigger concern is I want qualified people and I don't seem to be finding them. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have just been informed by Chip Roy's handler. Can't make the interview. That's just how white folks will do you. Oh, Chip Roy, how dare you, sir? Uh, we don't know the answer. They didn't actually give us like a tangible answer, but Chip Roy is out campaigning right now uh, for Ron DeSantis. I don't know if you've seen the poll numbers for DeSantis. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. I'm not saying he's. It's as bad as that sound effect made it sound. <laughs> but the point is, Chip Roy, who was scheduled to be on the show, it's up and uh, not going to be here. Mikey, they just told us that a minute ago. Amazing. That's fascinating. Well, I'll tell you what the trouble is right now. 
the DeSantis issue, and this has become the question surrounding the campaign, is not, you know, how will he govern as president? It's when will the campaign end? I am not holding Chip Roy's uh, derelict to appear on the show against the candidate he is endorsing. Uh, but that is the reality for DeSantis. The number one question he gets asked now on the campaign trail is, are you dropping out? Here he is being asked about it on State of the Union yesterday, clip four. We're going to do well on Monday. Uh, our voters are very motivated. This is, I think it's very hard to poll an Iowa caucus, a period, which the 16 poll was not accurate um, and predicted, but especially one in negative 20 degrees. And so these are folks who are very motivated. Our voters are very motivated. You, we have spent a lot of time in Iowa because we've gone door to door, uh, getting people to commit to caucus to us. We've got a, a huge number of people uh, that have committed to caucus, um, and we expect that these are the people that turn out. So there's a lot of excitement on the ground. We're in this for the long haul. We understand that you got to win a majority of the delegates. Uh, we understand that, that uh, there's a long process here, uh, but, but we're going to do well because we've done it right, and our folks uh, are going to turn out. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he's right about that. I mean, one comment I would offer when it comes to DeSantis is I don't think he's going to win the nomination, but I think he'd be a hell of a president. The thing he has going for him is he's young. Okay, he you know could run again in four years. Whenever he does run, he can serve two terms. I mean, the reality of a Trump presidency is he's a lame duck president the minute he gets in there. But through executive order, he can undo a lot of Biden's policies. The sad reality of these, you know, perennial baton passings is if everything you do is built through executive order, it ultimately gets repealed by the next guy. So Trump repealed, repealed Obama's policies. Biden got in there and repealed Trump's policies. So Trump getting back in and, you know, repealing some Biden policies does not bring us lasting change. It brings us the temporary thrill of revenge, but it's still a, not a long term recipe for progress as a country. It's my biggest, um, if you wanted to talk about things that I'm hung up on when it comes to our politics, I'm trying to create talk shows where Republicans and Democrats can hang out because if it becomes normal for us to hang together, it'll ultimately become normal for our lawmakers to work together. Right now, there's no compromise in Washington. Our, our interests aren't being represented because politicians can get away with not doing their job. They go, well, if Listen, we could have made a deal with the Democrats, but if you guys are all calling them communists who are sent here to destroy the country from within, what motivation do we have to give these communists anything they want? You know, it's the same thing the Democrats do. The Democrats don't have to deliver, deliver any achievable measures of progress to their voters because they go, hey, well, you guys all know the Republicans are a bunch of white supremacist, transphobe misogynists. How the hell could we give them what they want? That would only make things worse. And that's why we can't compromise on our politics anymore. What's actually going to happen if this country is going to get back in the right direction is it will actually take someone who's a good communicator who can move us beyond that type of intellectual laziness. We're not there in Washington. This is my effort to help. I am absolutely positively doing an agenda-driven show. I admit it every day, okay? The agenda is America. Right now, America is being failed. Okay, I don't believe there's a way forward. In just, well, I'll come on the show and I'll out-argue the Democratic policies. That's not going to win any Democrats over to my way of thinking. We're not going to get any, you know, swing voters or independents or anything like that. But if we can actually get people to understand that we can out-cool people, we can get people to chill out and actually have productive conversations, then you could probably point the country in the right direction again. 
right now, 76% of the country thinks we're not headed in the right direction. Do you understand that's really bad for the country? Okay, so I don't want to be doing a status quo thing. Okay, but as we get to vote tonight in Iowa, a lot of what's happening is this. Okay, Trump is expected to walk away with an easy win. There's a lot of jockeying for second place. Okay, and because Trump is expected to win, they're already starting to ratchet up the attacks in a post-Trump victory world. Okay, one of Trump's clips over the weekend was about telling people to get out and vote even if it's cold. Said even if you're sick as a dog, you wind up dying, it'll be worth it. That's how Trump talks. It's absurdity. But, of course, there's a media reaction to this that's like, Trump doesn't even care if you die. Here it is. Here's the Trump clip, clip two. You can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. <laughs> if you're sick, if you're just so sick, you can't, darling, I don't think, get up. Get up. You get up. You vote. Yes, darling. It's ultimately, we know who calls the shots, right? Right, right, Polly? So you be safe and all. You're going to be safe. And again, all indoors. It's going to be all indoors. But you got to get up. You got to vote. Uh, because it has nothing to do with anything but taking our nation back. And that's the biggest thing there is. So there you go. Take back the nation. You got to vote. Okay. I will be playing you clips by tomorrow where news anchors are like, he's getting people killed. That's what they do. That's what they did during the pandemic. They're like, wow, he's having rallies. People are going to die. And they didn't. And for the most part, they were fine. You know, I'm not one of the guys telling you COVID isn't a thing. But I'm also telling you staying home and keeping away from people was proven to be less effective than just getting out there and allowing your immune system to fight the good fight. Uh, But again, I'm not trying to get off on a scientific tangent. I'm just trying to explain that the biggest challenge facing the Republican Party between now and Election Day is the biggest challenge facing America as a whole. We don't talk about issues and ways to solve them. We talk about ways to socially pressure people into voting our way. You ever seen such negative campaigning oh, in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. That's, uh, I mean, that was Johnny Carson in 1984, okay, saying that nobody talked about issues. Nobody talks um, anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, mm. gee. But that is what politics have become. And if they were lamenting that in 84... Imagine now where they're saying it's, you know, these guys are worse than Jim Crow. They want to kill your kids. They're a bunch of racist transphobes. It's going to be a really ugly election coming our way. Really ugly, like historically divisive. And while some people think it's good for their bottom line as politicians, it's really bad for the country if we don't actually talk about the idea battle. Because the idea battle, that's the one we need to have. We're not racist, okay? As a country, we are so far past race and polite society, you're wasting everybody's time by even discussing it. Doesn't mean there aren't a handful of people out there that are idiots who don't know any better, okay? But it does mean the vast, 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 vast majority of our country, okay, is so far beyond race because we're fully integrated as a society. The only place we're still racist now, for real, is like towards white people. Like when you hear airlines saying, we don't want to hire any white people. When you hear schools saying, well, we've got to change the board around so we don't have any white people. That's actually racist. And they're saying they're doing so on this Martin Luther King Day in the name of eradicating the scourge of racism. Uh, We'll just be racist to do it. That doesn't actually work. 
You know, when the Biden administration says we're we, you know, we've got an opening and only women of color should apply. That's racist. Okay, if the reason you don't see up and down the coast, up and down the TV dial today, widespread Martin Luther King tributes on Martin Luther King Day is because what we're doing in the modern social justice era is the antithesis of what Martin Luther King fought for. The idea of living in a colorblind society where you judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin is the antithesis of what we're doing. Critical race theory means all the white people are oppressors based solely on the color of their skin. Okay, they have white fragility. They don't even realize they possess. And that's what they're trying to sell you. Is it a scam? Of course it is. Nobody cares in this day and age because we now know and You know, I think to an extent we did know 100 years ago that racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People fear and hate things they don't understand or know anything about, and it's passed down from generation to generation. But ultimately, in integrating society, we quickly came to learn a lot about each other's cultures, so much so now that we've reconfigured what racism means. Racism used to mean I don't like you because of the color of your skin, and I won't hire you or allow you to feel safe in my community. Real racism. Okay, the people who fought protests died, marched, got beaten, kicked in the head to change that reality. Okay, those people are being profoundly insulted by what we're being told is the modern racism. Well, it wore a Halloween costume, and you're not a Polynesian princess like the girl in the Disney movie. That's cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation means we like your culture, and we want to celebrate it by making it a part of our lives. Okay, remember America, the melting pot? We're now America where everyone's smoking pot. And we're making up lanes of attack. We're telling you that other things, you know, well, it's it's because of racism. You know, the down in Georgia, Fannie Willis says the Trump voters, people are going after her because she's black. Fannie Willis is now formally accused of using her boyfriend, to prosecute Donald Trump so he'd get a massive taxpayer endowment to lead this special prosecution and they could hang out on the side, okay, doing their thing on the taxpayer's dime. It's a massive conflict of interest, and she's not denying it. She's saying, oh, I'm a black woman. you got to give me grace. But you understand that is not a defense. That is not an attempt to be judged by the content of your character. That is an attempt to buy currency based solely on the color of your skin. Here she is, clip 24. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do it. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. That was embarrassing. I mean, it really was. You cannot expect black women to be perfect. Fun. Nobody said they had to be. But you're still breaking the law as someone who is trying to prosecute someone, as you said, because they weren't above the law. So if you can't expect black women to be perfect, then you can't expect white men to be perfect. 
expect white women or Filipino women or Asian women. The point is the laws wouldn't apply if this was all based on grace. We should afford each other based on the color of our skin. But when you hide behind skin color, that's not equality. You're infantilizing yourself. When they tried to say voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids in Georgia, that's not equality. That's infantilizing an entire race of people. Oh, they're not capable like you and I of getting a government voter ID. Of course they are. You can't have a checking account. Okay, you can't rent a car. Can't drive a car. Can't board a plane. Can't pick up your tickets at a ball game. Okay, you can't do anything if you don't have some type of an ID. Nothing. But this idea that we're somehow living in an America where hundreds of millions of black people would be disenfranchised if, in fact, they couldn't uh, vote without showing an ID first is so insulting. But it's weaponized grievance. It's what they like to do in order to create social pressure campaigns that allow them to get their way. But we're not debating based on the truth. We're not debating based on equality. We're based, we're, you know, basically debating on some straw man argument of racism and oppression because it's the greatest thing to have in politics is a lane to run on with no deliverable. Okay, really think about it. Joe Biden ran for president by saying this was a battle for the soul of our nation because according to him, Donald Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, hold on now. I was told he never condemned them, but there he is condemning them. Bingo, man, bingo. And we all knew that in real time. But the point is, if you run on this is a battle for the soul of our nation, something as absurd, as unquantifiable as that, you don't actually have to deliver any progress. So Biden won the battle for the soul of our nation, if that's what you want to believe. Okay, and everything's worse for it. The border's worse. Crime is worse. Your kid's education is worse. Affordability at the, at the, at the grocery store's biggest problem facing the average everyday American. Okay, does winning the soul of our nation actually improve any of those metrics? The answer would be no. Never mind that these are worse people in the White House now than we've probably ever had in our lifetime. Everything's a disaster. And all they do as a way of indemnifying themselves against criticism is calling you a racist. That's what they're trying to do right now. And that's why I think we're running into what we're running into when it comes to this blood fight to replace Joe Biden. It's that everybody in this Republican process knows they could win. If Biden winds up being the nominee, I don't actually expect him to be the actual nominee in the end because they really don't have a lot leg to stand on. And on the rare cases where he does stand, he usually winds up falling down a few minutes later. Okay, but all I'm asking for, whether Ron DeSantis is the nominee, Trump's the nominee, anybody's the nominee, doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is. We need a debate about how we fix the problems in this country. Okay, because when we're told we need to just win this battle for the soul of our nation. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth. We're going out to Sheridan, Wyoming, where Reese is on the line. Yo, Reese. Mega Equality State Dittos to you, my friend, and congratulations on a great show Saturday night. And I had one question for you. Oh, give it to me. 
You know how Larry Queen used to always do uh, the full hour take phone calls? You uh, guys ever thought about doing that? Oh, uh, that would be hilarious. Show? That would and then be. that way Mikey still has a job, you know? Because Mikey's got so plenty of job. Do you stop it? You can't give him any more to do than he already has? Hey, the call screener lets me pass. I got to give him some kudos once in a while. <laughs> no, I get that. You work the refs. I respect that, Reese. Uh, listen, man. Thank you for watching. I I don't know. You know, the show will obviously evolve as it goes, but I hope you feel like we've adequately represented the spirit of this show on that show. Do you feel that way or do you feel betrayed? I feel great about it. You you did a hell of a job and keep bringing on good guests and having lots of fun with them, my friend. That's the word on the street. All right, Reese, we love you, buddy. We'll do it again really soon. You have a great day, sir. Uh, Reese tells you the truth, man. We have kept our campaign promise anywhere they put me of prominence in media. Okay, if they gave me my own TV show, great. Now here we are on the radio, great. Okay, I am trying to spread a good time gospel so we can get this country back to a good place. You guys are killing my vibe with all the political fighting. So we're going to book a liberal on the panel on my Saturday night show this week. I assure you, I'm going to go do it the minute I get off the air. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Not if you want to just shut up and have fun, and that's what we'll do. Back tomorrow. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.